Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. It's Ollie Richards here, and I've got a treat in store for you today. I've got one of the most fun conversations I've had for a long time. Uh, we've had some fantastic uh, interviews stroke conversations on the on this podcast recently and this is yet another fantastic one and um, I'm speaking with the ever popular Xiaoma or Ari who is very big on on YouTube he records very popular videos with millions and millions of views uh, surprising people in the street by speaking very good Chinese um, and uh, I wanted to get him onto the podcast to chat about language learning for a bunch of reasons um, I was curious to talk to him and figure out what's behind his huge success with with Chinese but also because recently Ari was learning Spanish he was here kind of a lockdown challenge where he decided to learn Spanish and um, I heard by complete coincidence that he was using my Spanish Uncovered course as uh, one of his resources which turns out he really really liked so I wanted to dig deep into into this and figure out okay well what's it like spending 10 years becoming super super very very good in Chinese and then suddenly taking on a language like Spanish after that so if you have any interest in the difference between Asian languages and European languages or in particular Chinese and Romance languages or you're curious what it's like to learn Spanish after so many years going deep into a language like Chinese then you're going to absolutely love this we talk about a whole bunch of things including how he learned Chinese um, the methods that he used how he thinks about Chinese as part of his life and then what it was like actually picking up Spanish after Chinese what were the particular linguistic difficulties that that he found what was it like learning verb tenses and noun genders and things like that after 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 Chinese where none of that stuff exists and um, yeah, it's super, super fun. He's a really nice guy and you're really going to enjoy this. So without any further ado, I'm going to thank our sponsors and then get on to the, the conversation. Our sponsors, of course, you know, you know, the, you know the deal. It's italki. It is the best place to get language speaking practice on the internet. They're absolutely fantastic and you can find tutors who speak all different kinds of languages so that you can get that all important speaking practice. And if you'd like to get a free lesson, then I, uh, I've got your back. You can go to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash free lesson. That's IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash free lesson and you will be sorted out from there. So without any further ado, please welcome Shalma. All right. Okay, I'm here with Ari or uh, let's see if I can get this right. Shalma. Is that right? Shalma, exactly. Shalma, yeah. NYC. Yeah. Yes. You were- Give me a little bit of you have great you have great tones in Chinese, Ali. <laughs> well, it probably comes from the Cantonese, I think. But okay. uh, for, for the benefit of people listening, uh, you gave me a little bit of spot coaching on the pronunciation of that, uh, <laughs> of that before we started. So good to talk to you, man. How's um how's life? Likewise, um, yeah, you know, you know, having having fun in quarantine um, yeah. to the <laughs> to the best of my abilities. Um, yeah, no, but you know, otherwise, great. I mean, I mean, I've been I've been spending most of this time in quarantine, um, learning Spanish actually. Um, and, uh, you know, because for me, it's been a while since I've, I've really tried and learned another language. You know, you know, I, um, 
I speak, I speak, you know, Mandarin very well. I speak a little bit of Cantonese and some Fujianese, but, um, you know, it's been, a, it's been a while since I really tried learning another, another language from a different language family. And, um, it's a different uh, ball game, isn't it? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a very different ball game. This, 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 there's some very interesting things about, about learning Spanish after having spent so long learning, learning Mandarin. Um, yeah. So I want to I want to get into that, but maybe for the benefit of people of anyone out there who doesn't who hasn't heard of uh, yeah. of you who obviously yep. doesn't, obviously doesn't use YouTube, um, do you want to give us like a little potted bio? Yeah, so I do. Um, I make videos on the internet where um, I do I do a bunch of things, but uh, you know at least before the quarantine, the main the main thing that I was doing was um, was essentially just just like speaking in Chinese and seeing what happens, like what it's like for a white guy to speak in Chinese to Chinese people. Like what, what is that? What is that like? Right? Like everybody, everybody's had like every, every person in, you know, most people in Western society. Hello. It's kind of froze there. Yeah, I think my VPN just disconnected. Um, let's uh, let's okay. let's just go back to the bio thing and start that that bit one more time. Okay. That's all right. Just give me a let's sure. Yeah. Um, so, for the benefit of uh, anybody who doesn't know who you are, do you want to give us a quick potted bio so just to fill us in? Sure. Yeah. So, so I make um, I make videos on the internet um, where w- what I do is uh, you know at least before the quarantine, what what I was doing was um, essentially showing like showing the world or at least the English speaking world, what it's like to interact with people, Chinese people, what it's like for somebody, obviously non-Chinese to interact with Chinese people in their, their language or languages. Cause there are many different Chinese languages. And, um, you know, you know, I think that, I think that for a lot of people, it's like, you know, it's funny cause before making the videos before, before starting to make these videos, for me, it was like the most ordinary thing in the world to go and buy vegetables in the marketplace with Chinese. Like, for, I would just do that every day. I was like, all right, this is totally normal. But and that's <laughs> but in that's I, in I, China or or in New York where you are now? No, in New York, in New yeah. York, yeah. You know, and um, uh, to get groceries in Chinese, like what it was like a daily thing for me. And I never thought to, I never thought that somebody on the internet might might find that interesting or worth watching but <laughs> it turns out it turns out they do it turns, right? <laughs> yeah it turns it turns out that there's a bunch of people who, who who like find that interesting and um you know i think i think that i think that like um i th- I, th- I think that a lot of people are interested in knowing well okay wh- what's it like to order in a chinese restaurant everybody's had that experience right but in chinese like what is that like like what would happen um, and so, you know, people can, people can, can live vicariously through those, those, vi- through those videos. So that's, how, how did this YouTube thing come about then? Was that, was it always something that you, that did you set out to, to, to do that? Was there an evolution? How do you, um, how do you, how do you see your kind of YouTube journey? Yeah, I, um, you know, I was, I was, uh, I did a couple things before doing YouTube, but the thing, the thing that I was doing immediately prior to YouTube was software. Um, and so I was working as a software engineer simultaneously with making videos on YouTube. And, um, 
you know, I, I it was just kind of as a pastime. And at the time, I was mostly doing a a Chinese language vlog. Like I was making videos in Chinese for mostly a Chinese speaking audience. Um, and uh, you know, at some point, at some point, like I I I had enough fans and enough runway to to kind of think to myself, like, why don't I try doing this full time? Um, and so I took the plunge maybe like a couple years ago and, um, um, and yeah, you know, that, and then the rest was kind of history. So you obviously coming at this uh, as a Chinese, what do we call you? Chinese expert, very good Chinese speaker, peculiar. So, well, for, 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 a, for a non, for a, for a non native speaker, but the, 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 the amazing thing about Chinese is that the more you learn, the more you realize how much you don't know. Like it, yeah. it, it's it's really it's really like a rabbit hole because because um you know I mean Chinese speakers like native speakers grow go to schools in China growing up just memorizing reams of Chinese poetry and the the depth of of cultural knowledge and experience that any given Chinese speaker can can draw on in any conversation is is immense. And, um, so it's, 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 it's very difficult as a native speaker, like for a non-native speaker, I'm really, really good at Chinese, but compared to a native speaker, like there's so much, I don't know. There's so much, I don't know, you know, and do, you, do you consider that a linguistic thing or a cultural thing or, or a bit of both? It's, it's, it's both, it's both, but, but I think, I think, I think the larger part of it is is cultural because in a similar way to because what I think happens in Chinese I think the I think the language embeds a lot of cultural assumptions that we don't really have in the west like for example people in in your average conversation in Chinese will do the equivalent they use a thing called chengyu which are like four character classical Chinese idioms in daily speech and it, and regularly, and it's sort of the equivalent of in English. If we pulled out quotations from Shakespeare on a daily basis yeah. to, you know, buttress our, our arguments in certain situations, um, but but except everybody does that in in China, like it's a it's a regular thing, and so you know to 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 get to that level um, is is very difficult for for non. Yeah. So this is because I'm I'm. One of the things I enjoy doing most is when I'm talking to people who have who've got experience in, um, in in languages that I don't know is kind of compare the experience of those of those journeys. And I've all, I've often like thought about this dichotomy between Asian languages and European languages, and you know how are they different, mm. how are they how are they similar. And if I think about um, languages that I know to a to a kind of really high level, the the, the experience is usually one of it getting easier over time. Yeah, you know you've got certain things to wrap your head around at the beginning, like um, you know verb tenses and funny conjugations and, and stuff like that. But if you take a romance language, uh, you know, coming from an English perspective, learning a romance language, usually the harder you get, the more cognates you find because you've got these words with the same yeah. roots. And there comes mm -hmm. a point in those languages where there's enough kind of common, uh, common ground linguistically, but also culturally that you don't really yeah. find these big communication gaps. So it's not mm. the case that like, you know, if, if I was if I was to go and try and do something really difficult in Spanish, th there might be some linguistic difficulties, but there's not yeah. much of a cultural gap because it's the, the cult Spanish culture and English culture is you know it, it's fairly close. But I've often 
run up against this in, in, in you know, Japanese, which I have a, a background in, where you just so often run up against these inexplicable kind of glass doors that you just run headfirst into and you don't quite yeah. know why. And it's, it's, it's often because of these cultural gaps or, or assumptions or implications, things, things that are implied, which you yeah. have no idea are being implied because you don't have that cultural knowledge, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And I'll, I'll, I'll add another point to that, which is, um, so, so, so I don't think, um, I don't think I've mentioned yet that I've been, that I've been learning Spanish, um, or maybe, maybe I did. I think but, you mentioned it at the um, beginning and I, yeah, looking forward yeah, to maybe, asking Maybe, that. maybe the beginning, right. And so one really interesting thing with Spanish is that one thing I've noticed as I'm learning is that, you know, sometimes in English conversation, I'll like to pull out a, a $10 word or there's some kind of phrase that, that is, that's like a difficult phrase, but that might capture the situation well. That's so easy to do in Spanish. It's the easiest yeah. freaking thing because because the word is already that word is it's the same Latin root. Yeah. Right. And so I can employ that really easily in Spanish with the exact same word. And to a Spanish speaker, that might sound like, "Whoa, how the shit did you do that?" Yeah. But in, in, but in English, you know, but. No, it's not because it's the same. It's the same freaking word in English, right? There's a lot. There's so much that transfers, isn't there, from 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 English yeah. to the. Whereas with with um, I, you know, to the kind of converse of what I said before right. about Romance languages is that with Asian languages, often I find like the more advanced you get, that it, it just doesn't get any easier. It gets harder and harder it, because no, there's, there's it, all this stuff that doesn't. you still don't know, like whether it's yeah. Chinese characters well, the, the, or the, words or whatever. The difficulty, right? The difficulty. It, it's it's not like an exponentially easier learning right. curve it's it's a linear learning curve because yeah. the more you like it learning more doesn't make it any easier to continue learning like you still have to all this vocab there's so much vocabulary like if you had to it, it the equivalent in spanish would be like i, I think actually i learned this figure from you but what 50 percent of spanish vocabulary is cognate with english there, or there well yeah, okay right? More maybe, I don't know. But especially when you add the scientific terms, you probably get like the, like, because there's so many scientific terms that we borrow so easily into English, you know, that's like, and then we have a core of what, a thousand or two thousand Anglo-Saxon words. So we have like, probably the majority of the corpus of English words are, are share, have some cognate in Spanish, like when you throw in all the scientific words and stuff like that. Well, in Chinese, that's, zero percent yeah you know and and you have like literally there's there's like a list on wikipedia of like a hundred words that english takes from chinese everything has to be learned from scratch right yeah everything's learned from scratch you know and um and so well and and throw in the fact that that the fun part about chinese is that is that every single word you have to learn a new like mini micro picture for so you know you don't have you can't say like oh if somebody says something you're like huh okay well what did they say can you t- tell me how to write that? Well, even if you know how to write the opinion, it doesn't necessarily like, like the the like you need another character, right? So, um, uh, so 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 yeah, it doesn't like like I've been trying to get through um, a book in Chinese recently, and um, it's not easy. You know, I've been sp- I've been spending a long time learning Chinese, and reading a book is still hard. It's difficult. You know, like there's there's so much of the vocabulary. It's just like like what is this? Let me let me ask you this. To get to the and it's a very interesting point that of like so from from a, a Western non Chinese speaking perspective, you know as as you said, um, it's easy to kind of look at uh, your Chinese and think oh my best <laughs> huge pedestal right and then yeah but you know yourself that there's so much more yet to 
to to, yeah. to stay. So I'm kind of you know cautious of um, talking in these terms. But to get to the level that you have, which is phenomenal, yeah. um, what is it? What has it? In a kind of very general terms, what has it? What has that process looked like? Has it been one really long, hard slog for years on end, or has it been a kind of meander? Or what's what's? How would you characterize the the experience yeah. of getting to where you have with uh, Chinese? Right. Well, the first thing the first thing that I'll say is you don't you don't you know we were just talking about how difficult Chinese was and and, and that is true, but at the same time you don't need a native level of ability in or knowledge of Chinese to be able to have a conversation with people in Chinese where you can talk about just about everything, you know, like I consider myself fluent in Chinese to the point where I can, I can talk about pretty much whatever I want to talk about, um, with another native speaker without any problems. And the, the only, like, I'm not actively trying to increase my knowledge of Chinese at this point, because there's really diminishing marginal returns, right? Like I could, if, if, if I really tried aggressively, yeah, maybe I could get to the level where I could really comfortably read a book in Chinese like I can with English, but it would take so much to get to that level and, and, and the reward wouldn't really be there. Right. So I would say, I would say that, um, I would say that to get, to get to, to get to the level where you can speak where you can have like a really fluent conversation in Chinese with somebody actually isn't really as hard as a lot of people would think. Um, I think that if you spend maybe a year of just really focusing on conversations and a year of learning vocabulary and, um, you know, preferably, you know, living in a Chinese speaking part of the world, um, you can get, you can get to a pretty solid level of conversation, um, you know, without, without, without being without being native by any stretch of the imagination but you know like i think i think that's for me anyway that's that's like that's that's the level i'm I'm comfortable with yeah um yeah i I think when you mentioned that uh you know preferably in a chinese speaking environment i was trying to imagine myself learning cantonese or learning japanese without being in or having lived in that environment for a while and i can't i can't picture it because comes back to what we were saying before about that yeah. that cultural knowledge right there is i mean just in the case of i mean japanese is i think this is probably more the case than in, than in mandarin but there's just so much with japanese where if you get your body language wrong and if you go and talk to somebody with the wrong slightly too assertively like you've kind of like yeah. it's it's like um you know you can really uh, torpedo the um oh. the interaction if you don't if you're not able to take the temperature of a, of a particular moment or or whatever right. so that's 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 that, that's obviously a big um part isn't it i mean if you, what would you do if you were going to do that what would you say to someone who's learning chinese from abroad yeah. from home right how would they how would they get a feel a handle on that so, culture yeah thing? so 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 i would say i would say actually based so so i would say from what i've heard um with respect to Japanese and Chinese and, and, and Korean relative to Chinese. I don't think Chinese has that same level of Chinese spoken. Chinese doesn't really have that hierarchical structuring that Korean from Korean and, and, and Japanese do. Um, and I feel like, especially in spoken Chinese, spoken Chinese tends to be very informal. 
um, even even it's with maybe the exception of like high level business meetings, but in general, it, it's it's very informal. Is, is and that a language um, thing is that a language thing or a cultural thing? Uh, it's a it's it's a cultural thing because yeah. Chinese used to be Chinese the Chinese language used to be in classical Chinese it actually used to be very hierarchical. For example, when a subject was speaking with his king the ruler there's 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 different pronouns that you would use in classical chinese for addressing different levels of subjects like chinese used to be much more hierarchical than it is now um but all of that changed post post the end of the of the i i, I mean i don't i'm not i'm not really a scholar of chinese history but my suspicion is that it's it's that kind of came after the fall of the of the chinese the chinese empire right when you no longer had these Chinese dynasties with the with the empire and and what happened and and especially post communism. I mean post post communism, like you weren't allowed to speak to speak to another as if they weren't your your equal, right? So I think that yeah, yeah. yeah I think I think that communism helped in, enforce a lot of that. Although that's not necessarily true, right? Because I mean it's not necessarily solely due to that reason. Because if you look at like Hong Kong or Taiwan, which didn't have similar experiences of communism, those societies still have still do not have high levels of speech formality um in speech um but um yeah i guess i was just thinking uh, in terms of like just car- if you were going to caricature Jap- the japanese right. versus the chinese yeah um then it, they're fairly kind of polar it seemed to me to my you know uneducated yeah. eye to be the fairly polar opposite in the sense that right. you don't you know chinese are like there's, there's, there's no beating around the bush you you kind of Get in someone's face yep. and say what you want. Mm-hmm. Whereas with with, Jap- with Japanese people, it's the it's the complete opposite. Where there's like there's this right. whole kind of dance that's done before you actually get to get yeah. to the point. You know, <laughs> it's it's so it's so true. And I don't know what like people are super direct in Chinese, and I don't know I don't know what I don't know why I don't know why that's the case or why um you know why why Japanese is so tends to I I mean it has to be it has to be something cultural, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, people people I, I know from Hong Kong are always making fun of me for being so English and, and being too polite and not, you know, avoiding conflict and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know, so, you well, know. well, hey, hey, I mean, I mean, you know, um, Canada is very different culturally from the U.S. in this respect, right? Where Canadians tend to be like a lot more polite and less direct in speech, and um, you know, more, more, more Japanese in their in their attitude, whereas Americans in general take like a more a more Chinese approach. Yeah. But I would say I would say that, you know, for that reason, I think it's actually very easy to learn Chinese from home. You know, I'm spending right now, I'm spending I'm spending so much time learning Spanish, but it's been all from my apartment, you yeah. know? And like I've gotten to a level right now where like I can have conversations in Spanish, which is super cool. But it's all it's all been from my home. And and I don't see I don't see any I don't see any like um any reason why you couldn't necessarily do that in Mandarin. I mean it's gonna be a little more difficult than Spanish for sure, but um for you know for English speakers. But um Yeah, I guess but, at least uh, in, in the yeah. in the sense that if you're kind of just forming a base and then you take the view that okay, your your job from home is to form a foundation, a core of vocabulary and yep. working knowledge of the language and then you kind of go out into the real world and you know, you you you, you what's the what's the thing you you take the test you pass your driving test and then you learn to drive sort of thing you know um mm-hmm. um that that would that would hold that would hold true let's talk about spanish then so so you've yeah. what's it like to 
spend so long on on Mandarin and, and go so yeah. deep into the language and then to switch to a totally different language. Right. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. Um, I, because I, I think one 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 very nice thing about learning Spanish is how much easier it is to learn in, in so many ways than Mandarin. Th- there are things, there are definitely things about Spanish that are that are more difficult than Mandarin that I wish like, oh my God, why why does Spanish have to do it like this? Like, this is so dumb. Like, you is know, it, just do it like- it verbs like, by any I, chance? <laughs> yeah, right. Verbs, <laughs> verbs and just like 50% of the grammar. Like so much time, I'm just like, there's no there's no need to, to do it like this. But but that's a complaint you can make with any language, right? Like every language has all this like cruft that's just built up over history. You're just like there's no reason to, to do it like this. Like I could make a language that's way easier to learn and use than, than this one. Esperanto. But, uh, what? Esperanto. Right, yeah, es- es- Esperanto or right. Yeah. Um So it, would it be but, sim- would it be simplistic to say that Spanish you're finding Spanish easy? No, no, I, I, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm f- because, because I think that, I think that learning any language, you know, like learning to have a real conversation in any language is not easy for 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 anybody. I mean, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. But, but I am pleasantly surprised by, by um, how much like I've been become accustomed to not being able to do in Chinese that I can all of a sudden do in Spanish. Yeah. So for example, for example, uh, Google translate, right. Is not useless with Chinese, but like compared to Spanish is practically useless. Like it's a bit amazing to me how I can just type something in English into like Google translate and get something like reasonably accurate out on the other end into yeah, Spanish. It's pretty like, good. It's wow. Pretty good. That's yeah. crazy. That's so useful. Like I can have a computer talk to me in Spanish and that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, another crazy thing is how I can just hear what somebody says and be able to write down with some rough accuracy, even as a beginner, what they've said. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Like you said something, something, something. And I'm like, huh, did you mean something, something, something? And they're like, yes, you did mean that. And I'm like, wow, that's great. You know, it's, it's what having an alphabet is is great. Magical. And also being a fairly phonetic language. I mean, what you hear is what you get in Spanish, yes, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm, Whereas, exactly, I mean, right. you know, like English or French, you know. Yeah, or, or I'm thinking particularly in terms, one of the things I struggled with in in, in Cantonese, for example, is um, yeah, things. Oh like, my god, Cantonese! Don't even get me started with that one. I mean, funny, <laughs> funny enough, with Cantonese, I like I didn't have so much too many problems with the tones. I think maybe because yeah. I have a background in music, so I, that uh-huh. my ear was kind of there from the beginning i found i found um vowels in particular a real a real challenge with cantonese because i couldn't distinguish between the between longer sounds and shorter sounds like, is it lang or ling and when people are speaking quickly i can't distinguish between those mm-hmm. like vowel lengths and often it's like i would i would hear an ah but it's actually an ah and it's like kind of like and little right. sounds like ch- like the hard ch- that you don't get in english i i, yeah. I had real problem i couldn't hear a lot of stuff Whereas with yeah. you know with Spanish it is literally I mean it's fast and people in Spain in particular right. speak very fast right? but it's still phonetic in the sense that you can pretty much pass apart those individual sounds and know what you're dealing yeah. with. Well, I wouldn't say that Cantonese isn't isn't phonetic. Like I mean, certainly there are there are there there are alphabets with can- like you can write Cantonese you know in I forget the name of it like Yale the Yale transcription like yeah. Jipin or whatever yeah. like you can write Cantonese perfectly fine it's just that I think 
I think for for Western ears, the the sounds are very unfamiliar, and it takes a while, especially when people are speaking quickly, to be able to try and figure out um, what they're saying. And it's an approximate. Um, it's a it's a big approximation as well. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Right, exactly. And and you know, I I have had some experience studying um, Korean, um, not very much, just like a little bit. But um, but I had that same problem in Korean, where the um, some of the sounds like I, I would be I would be trying to talk with my tutors, and they'd be trying to explain to me what what the sound they were trying to make was and writing it with English letters, but it. it it really wasn't the same, and I got the sense that that it wasn't the same, and there was some difference. But like B B A L didn't really capture like the sound that <laughs> that Korean speakers were making. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it it, it took a while to really get kind of get that. So let me ask you about the 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 actual learning process then moving moving to Spanish because so I I had a a funny experience. One in fact one of the kind of form, formative experiences in my own language learning was. Um, was that I'd, I'd begun with a number of European uh, Romance languages. Yeah. I uh, think so, you know, Spanish and French and Portuguese. And to a certain extent, one kind of rolled into the other, which is that, you know, once you've learned one Romance language, the second is easier and the third is way easier and so on. Yeah. And I, I think I had a, you know, I kind of thought to myself that, okay, I know how to learn languages now because I picked up quite a few like this. Yeah. Um, and then I arrived in Japan and none of the stuff that I was doing to learn the romance language worked anymore. It's like I had to right. re- I had to rediscover how to learn languages uh, for um, a very different language to to one that I was already familiar with, and uh, it was quite a funny experience. Like, be, like having this, like knowing that I was fairly good at languages, but then really struggling against this kind of um, this new phenomenon. So, I mean, I know you've you've, not, you've learned a few kind of uh, varieties of Chinese, right? So it's not like you've yeah. just learned the the one language and then and, that, and that's it. But have you how have you approached? Did you go into Spanish thinking, okay, I know how to learn a language, and then that that thought kind of held true as you began to learn the language, or have you had to do mm. some rediscovery of language learning methodology? Yeah, I would say I would say the latter. Um, okay. So I actually started trying to learn Spanish. At, this was for a video, but it but it was it was kind of um so so one thing one thing that I did with Chinese was I spent a lot I lived in China for a year. Uh, back in 2009 or something. And um, I spent a lot of time when I was in China memorizing vocabulary with Anki, just m- memorizing tons and tons of vocabulary, kind of kind of based on what this guy... Um, have you heard of website all Japanese all the time? Yeah, of course, yeah. Seen it? Yeah, right. So wonderful website. I mean, I, mean I, um, I got so much inspiration from that dude. And, uh, you know, um, so one of his big things was like Anki and memorizing vocabulary. So I... I spent tons of time in China memorizing vocabulary. And so when I started learning Spanish, I was like, hey, how's about this? I know no Spanish. Let's try memorizing the dictionary in Spanish and seeing what happened. So I, I, I started with 2,500 words. I was like, all right, let me try memorizing 2,500 words in Anki with no prior knowledge of any Spanish grammar or even pronunciation. And, and I did it. Um, I, I only made it to about 1,000 words. Right. Um, it just wasn't feasible to do 2,500 words in a week. But um, <laughs> the, result was, yeah, the, result, <laughs> the result was um, not much. I mean, like, I, could, I, could, sure. I could read some, which was cool, but I completely wasn't able to speak or understand what anybody was saying. And, 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 and I, I kind of, after, 
after sort of that experience, I kind of started thinking about I, – I sort of started rethinking – trying to rethink like, okay, how, how am I going to just learn a language from scratch? Like, what really is the best way? And I started, I started thinking like, okay, I'm going to give myself a challenge on YouTube to try to spend 30 days learning Spanish as good as I can. And um, I, I, um, I just started looking into it. I, was, I started trying to revise my process from scratch and I was like, all right. I can't just use Anki. I can't. I'm not just going to read grammar books. Like, what what am I going to do? And so I looked into a bunch of different things, and um, I think I found a really good way to do it, which I'll, I'll tell you in a second. But the 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 first the first thing that I did was um, I actually uh, got your course for learning Spanish, which I um, I really really liked. I didn't do the whole thing, but I did part of it. That's awesome. um, and Spanish I thought uncovered. that was, it was yeah, Spanish uncovered, great course. And I spent. Um, um, I spent a few days with that, just just kind of get like a base in Spanish, and but then I decided I I, I was thinking, all right, look, I want to do a five day Spanish challenge and see how good I can get at speaking Spanish in five days, and so so I thought, well, okay, if I'm gonna really want learn to speak Spanish, I gotta just practice speaking a lot. So there's a um, do you do you know about baseline? Yep. Yeah. So I I signed up for 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 baseline. And, um, I, um, I, I basically just spent like doing pretty much nothing but, nothing but speaking for a whole week. They must hate um, hate you for doing that. Right. (laughs) I know. It's like the, it's like the, it's like the guy who goes to the gym for like 30, 30 bucks in a month. He just goes every day for like 10 hours. Yeah. So I've been doing that equivalent with Spanish for the past like month and, um, I haven't been using Anki or like grammar books or like other stuff. And, and, um, um, I've, I've really liked it. You know, what I've realized is like the whole like Anki business of memorizing vocab. I just, I think it's over. I think it's oversold. Like I, I just, I feel like, I feel like talking and reading is, is natural SRS. It's natural space repetition. Like I think if you're, I think the way that babies learn languages is not by memorizing vocab lists. It's by like, it's by learning to talk and it's by like, you know, stuff like what you do in your course where you just actually read stories and, and work through them, you know, in an open-ended way. Like it's not, it's not memorizing vocab. And if I had to redo my experience in China over, I think that I could have gotten so much more mileage by like, I was spending literally hours on Anki per day, like huge waste of so time. Go, go all the way to China and then sit, sit doing Anki whilst you're right. <laughs> Why? Why, dude? No, Spe- like you gotta s- just spend your time like speaking with as mu- many people as possible. And obviously, like I, I don't think that learning a language is just about learning to speak. Like I think speaking is the most important thing in a language. But like you also do want to learn how to read. You know, you want to learn other stuff. Um, but you can learn like reading. If you learn to speak first, you learn to read afterwards. That's a natural progression of language with with humans in general, I think. So, yeah, yeah. I I mean, my 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 experience has been that there is there is probably more of a role for deliberate practice in Asian languages. I mean, obviously coming from a sort of native English perspective, there's slightly more of a role for deliberate practice in Asian languages than there is in a language with lots of cognates like Spanish, right? Because the, the distinction for me seems to be that with a language like Spanish, you can actually start speaking right from the beginning and learn as you go because there's enough 
there are enough cognates and enough mutual understanding between the languages that if you're paying attention, you can yeah. actually learn from speaking. But if you try to do that with with uh, with Mandarin or with Japanese at the beginning, you're like, you, you, there's just there's too much of a, of a barrier. You've got to kind of right. you've got to, you've got to like pull yourself up a few notches before yep. you can get access. Right. The same goes for yep. reading. It's like you've, there's a certain amount of of you know, you're going to be forever reading at like 5% comprehension unless until you actually right. commit to memory a certain amount of key stuff. Yeah. Although, right. I, although I, I, I absolutely agree with the, um, you know, with the, with the, with the, I don't know, I, I guess I, I have, I have found, I'm, I'm just, I'm always kind of cautious of, of dismissing uh, special repetition flashcards and stuff because I have made extensive use of it myself as well. And yeah. I, I do it less and less. I don't really enjoy it much anymore, but, but I, I don't, I don't, I kind of, um, I don't think the, 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 the kind of input based philosophy of language learning is a complete panacea in the sense that like you just do that and that's enough. I think that the, the mm-hmm. difference, I remember talking with Matt from Matt versus Japan yep. about, about this, the idea that, that look, that's going to get you most of the way, but then there is a huge role for deliberate practice in the sense that it can just speed things up a lot, you know, and it can just give your brain a little, um, a little, a little boost. Because, like, like you said, with reading, you kind of get that natural repetition. SRS is a natural yeah. feature of reading, right? But that's not to say that that's working at the ideal rate, and that using, yeah, using things like space repetition, you can just optimize a little bit more the amount that you're right that you're bringing back like key vocabulary and stuff like that. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, I think I, I kind of like the, the, the natural route because I think, I think one advantage that it gives you is um, it's almost like the free market of language learning because I, I think, <laughs> I think that, so if you compare, if you compare like a capitalist economy or a free market economy versus like a Soviet style planned economy, the reason why the capitalist economies work better is because all the individual actors know what they need to be they, – they have greater knowledge of what they're supposed to be doing than like that central planner, right? And yeah. I think that in a similar way, like if you try to centrally plan what you're learning by like saying, okay, this week I am going to learn the 1,000 most frequent words in you know Chinese and then like in the next week I am going to – memorize the top 100 grammar points that are most important in Chinese. I think that by, by, I think obviously there is a role for deliberate practice, especially in Asian languages. But I think that, I think that in, in, um, when you're, when you're trying to naturally encounter as much stuff as possible, you're getting, you're getting like a more natural frequently see list of what's actually important. Like yeah. if you're going in your day, if you, if you're living in Hong Kong and you're going in, in, you know, and you're going through the subway every day, um, you know, you're reading the words on the, you know, assuming you can understand the characters, like you're reading the words that you need to know in your, in your daily life. And you learn like what's actually important, you know, rather than, rather than what you might see in like, in like, um, the textbook that you bought, um, you know? Yeah. A lot of that comes down to confidence and, and self-belief as well, doesn't it? Cause I mean, I, I completely agree that like long-term when everything kind of equal evens out, like, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the guy who spent his whole time reading and listening, and speaking is going to be in a far better place than the guy who's or girl who's been um right. who's just been on Anki the whole time you know that 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 yep. kind of stands to reason but there's right. often there's often i mean because in 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 my work i kind of spend a lot of time with a large number of 
of people learning languages of, of, of learners, you know, self-directed learners. Right. And so often what you come up against is it's like, you, you can know that you could, you can, you can be totally on board with this philosophy of a kind of holistic approach to language learning, but then struggle so much with the kind of execution of it in terms of just being motivated and then self-disciplined enough mm. to keep doing yeah. it, that that can be enough to torpedo what you're, what you're trying to do. So you kind of got this, like you've kind of got the ideal and then you've got the, you've got the, the question of what's going to keep you motivated enough on a daily right. basis to actually do the work. And, yeah. that, and that kind of leads you to the idea of the method that you follow is better than the, you know, the kind well, of you, the right. mediocre method that you follow is better than the yeah. perfect method that you, that you, you never right. do. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a great point. And a lot of times people ask me, um, people ask me like, wow, you're, you're so good at Chinese. Like, like, how do I get good at Chinese like that? I'm like, I'm like, all right, first of all, block off the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Like, first of all, do you have a really good reason for wanting to learn Chinese? They're like, um, well, because it looks cool in YouTube videos. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. But, but like, do you live in China? Like, or, or like, do you have Chinese parents? Cause there's a lot of Chinese Americans, for example, who don't speak Chinese very well and who want to learn Chinese. I'm like that. Yeah. Talking with your grandparents in Chinese is a great reason to want to learn Chinese. But like, if it's just because it's cool, like, you know, like I don't, I, for, I think for most people, that's not a good enough reason to want to learn language for me, to be honest, that's what it was. Like, yes, my reason, like my reason for, for wanting to learn Chinese at the beginning was just because it was cool. And I have, I have, I think a very strong interest in languages and language learning and, and different cultures. And like, I think, you know, you can see that on my YouTube channel, but, um, but like, that's what it was at the beginning for me. But I think for most people, I think for most people, it's not a good enough reason. And I think, I think most people should just be content to say like, you know what, like Chinese, that would be amazing if I learned to speak Chinese, but it's just like, it would just take so much time to learn and I don't have any Chinese relatives and I don't live in a Chinese speaking part of the world that it's, it's just not worth it. You know, I yeah. think that's a perfectly, I think it's a perfectly fine, fine answer um, to the question of like, what, do you like, yeah, do you I, actually, I, agree. Re- I think for, for most people, it's just, it's just not, I think most people go into language learning having no appreciation of just how much work it is to actually, yeah. to actually do right. it. I mean, you, you know, you, you mentioned like, you know, the question like, do you live in China? I mean, you said you spent one year in China. What's kept you motivated enough to keep learning for the other? How, right. I mean, how many years have you been learning Chinese in, in total outside that one year in China? I don't know, 10 years. I mean, so I mean, what's, like, what's kept you motivated for those other nine years when you weren't living there? Well, I'm married to a Chinese woman. That, I mean, that, that, that'll, that'll help. <laughs> kind of help. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So, Okay, um, you, I, you've answered my question. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's um that's helpful. Um, also, you know, obviously it's a it's a great way to practice um Chinese. But but for me to be honest, I actually don't find like I actually don't find like that's a reason for me to not forget Chinese. But it's also it's also a reason. You'd be in like, a lot of trouble if you did. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so um, but but I also I also don't I also don't think that it's it's a um, it's a it's like a sufficient way to practice because to be honest i actually find that in most of my daily interactions with my wife i don't i don't really learn so much it's very different from tr- like deliberate practice like do you speak chinese still, together like, all the time yeah well we're it's about like 50 percent. she speaks good english so we're like half chinese half english okay so yeah so um you know but but i think that there's like for me like i'm the equivalent of like in um you know, we're we're in like in in like in 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 like if you're doing squats or something like that, like you're trying to 
you know, increase your, your, your PRPRs every time. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. Right. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm in maintenance mode with Chinese with the exception of like, you know, maybe I want to learn to speak Fujianese a bit better or Cantonese a bit better. But like, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really necessarily feel the need to like learn so much more in Chinese apart from maybe reading, which, which I would like to get a little better at. But, um, yeah. that's but, an interesting, that's an interesting, that whole topic is something that I spend a lot of time thinking about because I, I learned my languages mostly either by when I was a lot younger, just meeting a bunch of cool people from different places and being fascinated by them or else actually yeah. living in the country these days my life is pretty you know straightforward i live in north london with english around me all the time i i i, I kind of I, I some of my languages are kind of falling away other ones i, I yeah. kind of use fairly regularly but i don't have any particular motivation to be cranking up the levels you know so yeah. it kind of makes me wonder well, what what's going to happen in, in the future i don't know maybe I'm, you know maybe i'm just not going to be interested in language learning anymore i don't know i don't know what's going to happen yeah in the in the future it's a it's a it's a funny one yeah. isn't it but it's a it's a very it's a, i think it's a good place to be you know where you've learned a language to a point where it's become your life and you know, you're married to a chinese girl and you yeah it's it is i mean that that's yeah. that's the kind of point where the concept of you know language learning is a, a kind of shiny object ceases right. to exist right it just becomes part of you and there'll, yeah. there'll come a point where you you spent more of your life in chinese than you have in english which is probably not, right. not far off, right? It no, it, it actually isn't. Like I, I, I at the, at this point, I, I may have actually spent like I, I mean, still probably more in English, but yeah, no, I've definitely spent equal part like a significant portion of my life in Chinese and using. I, I live in Chinatown too, so like you know, I I, <laughs> I I I you know in New York City, so I go out and I, I buy stuff in Chinese. I talk to the shopkeepers in Chinese. Awesome. I get my my haircuts in Chinese, which right now obviously non-existent, um, but. But you know, I you know I I get my nails done in Chinese. Like that's, and I I, th- I think that's part of the like the like you know attraction of my YouTube channel. It's interesting to see like, okay, well here's a non Chinese American guy who who like lives in Chinese. Like that's yeah. that's 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 a huge part of my life. Um, and um, obviously my wife and whatever. But um, you know, like that's yeah at home I speak Chinese all the time. And, um, yeah, so. But but right right it's 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 for me it's not it's not about language learning anymore it's about it's about like this is a this is a part of who I am it's like another another soul that I have and like one 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 thing I'm I'm thinking about with Spanish is is um I I mean I really like this language you know and I want to keep learning and I want to get good at it um, it's a good you know, language to in New York as well right? oh yeah I mean there's so many people who, like even like you know on my street even there's 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 mm-hmm. tons of people who speak Spanish and um you know I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of ways to to integrate that more more directly into my life so that I have I have more motivation to keep learning. Harry, it's been so much fun. Thanks for taking the time, man. Um, Likewise, we could, man. We could keep talking for a long time. I had a, a whole card, a whole index card with questions I wanted to ask you. I think I've asked you literally none of them. So uh, I'll save those for a round two. And um, yeah, yeah, good luck with uh, with your. With your Spanish and uh, all your other <laughs> you, endeavors, man. where would you like to send people to find out more about you? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they can just check out my my YouTube channel at Shama NYC. How if you, you just do it, spell that for us, please. It's, it's like X A I A no X I A O M A N Y C. Or if you just do like a YouTube or Google search for for white guy speaks Chinese, like you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll find my channel. Yeah, as the well. top twenty um, search results. Yeah, you know, and then on on Instagram and and Facebook as well.
Awesome. All right, man. Take care. Good luck for the yep. uh, stay cool. safe in uh, current crazy times. And um, yeah. maybe if you, if you find a good way to get a haircut, let me know because uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. Take care. Well, thanks so much, Ali. Have a good you know, on this podcast, we spend a lot of time talking about quite advanced concepts and ideas in language learning, but I also have a series of courses which are for beginners, because actually, more often than not, people come to me and say, look, Ollie, I just want to learn this new language as a complete beginner. I want to learn Spanish or learn Japanese or learn French. You know, what do you have for me? And this is why over the last few years or so, I've been developing out this series of courses, which you know, I, everyone claims their method is the best, right? So all I'm going to say about these courses is that I've created these courses the way that I would like to learn a new language myself if I were starting out from the beginning. So, you know, it's it's my thing. It's my it's what I recommend. That's as much as I can say about them. The special thing about these courses, the unique thing, is that you learn through story. So, you know, I don't go in for any of these kind of technology gimmicks and apps and flashing lights and funny noises and things like that. I teach you through story. So right from day one, I get you reading a story in the language. You're reading, you're listening, right from the beginning, even when you don't understand very much. And then I come in and teach you through these video lessons. I help you uncover the language from the pages of the story, which is why these, course, these courses are called Uncovered Courses. Spanish Uncovered, Japanese Uncovered, Italian Uncovered. It really is a way to learn the language to a very deep level. You won't get the same instant gratification that you get from Duolingo, but what you will get is a solid foundation and thorough education in the language that is going to give you all the groundwork you need to go on to become fluent in the language. If you'd like to find out more about these, simply head over to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and look for the courses option in the menu bar. That's IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and click on courses in the menu bar. That will show you all the different uh, beginner courses that we have. Uh, in all the various different languages. Once again, that is IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and click on Courses in the menu bar.